You guys may or may not have witnessed our very own Ryan Koningsberg experience a pretty rough hangover after the Broncos draft party and preseason game at Blake Street Tavern. If you haven't, this video is worth checking out over on Facebook at DNVR Broncos. Vita Mobile IV came to Ryan's rescue, and I mean they really came through. Vita Mobile IV comes to your home, office, dorm room, or wherever you need some serious hydration. Vita Mobile IV is made up of professionals passionate about preventative health care and the benefits of IV therapy and alternative medicine. Recover and recharge with Vita Mobile IV. Download their app, request a skilled IV drip therapist, sit back and relax because they come to you. Don't forget to use promo code HYD20 and save 20% off your first IV drip. Visit VitaMobileIV.com today to learn more or just download their app and book your appointment. That's HYD20 to save 20%. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole. A left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scores. Nathan McKinnon. Cole J.T. Comfer. 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog. Collective hugs. 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon, my goodness gracious. Welcome into the DNBR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. You can visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com. You can reserve your products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout and you'll be in and out in minutes. Plus, you can use code DNBR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Hayfley. We are sitting here after an Avs W in Florida. A bit of a barn burner of a game that was absolutely hilariously messy, but the Avs managed to pull it out. AJ, you'll take it however you can get it, right? I tell you, man, I might need one of those IV drips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was that game was exhausting to watch. It really it, was. It started out, man, and you're like, holy mother, like this this Florida team, how do these guys ever lose? I mean, they were all over the abs. And, I mean, they looked like what the abs do to teams on a semi-regular basis early in games. Right. The abs, widely considered one of the fastest teams in the league, looked like they were skating through molasses in that first period. I mean, mean, Florida was just flying. They straight up looked like the Minnesota Wild. (laughs) Fair. Like, it was bad, man. And... And like the Nieta or the the Neo, the Donskoy goal, I thought was going to settle it down. All right, they broken through, they got it down. Okay, let's everybody just calm down. <sighs> Woo saw, rub the earlobes, count to ten, whatever you got to do, just to reset, you know. And then <laughs> they give up a goal immediately after, and 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 on a play that I mean, Kale McCarr, oh my goodness, man. That is a that is a nightmare. He looks bad on three different tr- occasions. He looks bad, whips on the puck entirely, trying to trying to get to it on the, along the wall, and then steps up onto the dude, gets beat, goes to chase the puck, gets beat, leaves the guy open, and he made a great shot. Yeah, I. What else can you say about it? I mean, that sums up Kale McCarr's whole night. It was 
easily the worst game I've seen him play since joining the abs and not a worried about it. Right. He's a rookie. Sometimes things like this are going to happen, but it was rough tonight. No, definitely, definitely not one that you're not, you're not like, Oh man, maybe he's not going to be very good. Maybe he's whatever, whatever, you know, like nothing like that. Right. I mean, that's the thing. It was the, his worst game ever. And he still had a play or two where he goes coast to coast, walks in and like serves up a pass right through the slot uh, that the abs probably should have scored on. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, just did not, did not have a good night um, with the defense that they have right now. I don't, I, I don't think he'll do it, but if Bednar wanted to sit him for a game just to push reset tomorrow's the game to do it. Well, if he's sitting Makar after this one, he might have to sit Gerard and EJ too because it was pretty much rough everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I, big difference there is I think both of those guys took major steps forward. Uh, yeah, of course they did, and they're also not rookies. So, uh, yeah, of course, and like Gerard, you know, gets the assist in uh, in overtime. I thought played really well in overtime. I thought both of those guys played well in overtime, and. Uh, I thought I thought EJ. There were a lot of moments from EJ where I I thought that I felt good about it. I I was like, okay, this is trending in a good direction. A disaster of a first period, though. I mean, a disaster of a first period. To be honest with you, it, Ian Cole might have been the Avs' best D man tonight in his oh, third game back, dude. And I honestly don't think it was all that close. Yeah. I mean, I, he the was, only person who was close to me was Graves. So you look, dude, I just wasn't gonna wasn't gonna get into this uh, right away. But since you brought him up, how solid does that PK look with those two on it? Straight up, those it's the exact opposite of what Graves and EJ looked like. Those two clicked immediately, and they are covering all of their bases. Do they? I mean, they're the the Royal Road is gone. Uh, the desperation dive and sweep the stick and hope to get the puck out of the zone. Um, all or nothing that EJ likes to do occasionally is gone with those two. It's just been smart, sound positioning, understanding where the other one is going to be, understanding what's happening. I, I, dude, I, Ryan Graves, man, he certainly looks like they don't miss Patrick Nemeth one bit right now would not have pegged Graves to really be that guy, but if he can make it work alongside Ian Cole, take it all day. Mm-hmm. Straight up. So that's the positive side of the special teams is that the PK does look much improved with those two. The power play was not fun tonight. <laughs> not fun at all. We're just burning through topics. Um, ah, it's fine got plenty more to talk about absolutely i mean this was an insane game so uh this power play is embarrassing right now uh passive lethargic uninspired the only one who looked like he wanted to shoot was mckinnon and he's doing it on those one-timers which he went through like a week-long stretch last year where he was bombing those one-timers in for goals and then that was it yep and that's never that's never been his game that's never been his mo it's never been a big feature of what he does I don't mind that like he fires away occasionally just to keep teams honest. But it it falls a little bit into the same category that I used to talk about with Barry being the man shooting at the point. It feels like 
they have to shoot it because no one else on the power play is doing anything. They're all standing there just looking at him. And he's like, well, okay, I guess I'll shoot it next time you give it to me. I don't understand how a line, uh, uh, I guess a combination, because there's also Kadri and Makar out there. But I, I don't understand how a combination of guys who are so skilled can look so unsure of themselves the second they get on the power play. Yeah. They will go out there. They could have a great shift at even strength. And of those guys tonight, Kadri was really the only one who did that. Uh, but they go out there and they look they look aces. I mean, the second PP unit gave up a shorthanded goal and they were great at even strength. Yep. And then they got, I mean, they just got straight up punched in the face when Frank Vitrano dusted Sam Gerrard. And it was like, oh, all right. Yeah. I desperately want to see a change to the second power play unit and all. And I was, I was someone in the camp after the first week of the season of, look, I'm not going to knock this because it's working right now, but you kind of knew that this was where this was headed, that the stagnant, stagnantness, the stagnicity, that can't be a word. The stagnation, there it is, of the power play was going to come back to haunt the abs, particularly on the second unit, because there isn't as much talent there. And it did. Of course it did. Well, and the really, I think a, a big thing in this conversation is this is exactly the kind of stretch that needed to happen to force a change of something. Very true. Like they, they need to go over 10 games in order for Ray Bennett to break it up and try it, uh, try something different because otherwise he's going to look at it and say, Hey, we're, we're scoring. I don't know why I'm going to mess with this. Right now, they're, what, 0 for their last 7, and they've given up two goals in that time frame? Yeah. So, that's painful. Yeah, and you also know that, like, hey, that's going to be an anomaly, too. That isn't going to be the norm. You're but not going to give up breakaways very often, but... and But it doesn't, it doesn't feel good. No. Well, when they happen quickly like that, and then you're going into Tampa tomorrow... Same thing could easily happen to you with that team. I mean, anything, anything bad as possible when you're playing against a team as talented as them. Right. It's the Avs had a good PK tonight and they got away with it. But if you're giving penalties out in the third period to Tampa, I don't think you're coming out unscathed. Yeah. It's just kind of the reality of an extremely highly talented team, which to be fair, I mean, Florida's top six is for real. I mean, really, that that team is pretty good. If Bob ever figures it out. That's one we saw. He was great in the first period. Yep. He made several spectacular saves that kept them comfortably ahead. And then, you know, the Nieto goal, I think that's, that's a nice goal. Uh, but one that you could maybe argue he probably should have had. Uh, the Burakovsky, Burakovsky's first goal. Holy smokes. Like you're not, you're not blaming no, that on anybody. <laughs> that was unreal. Uh, and then, you know, Burakovsky's second goal is he just bangs it into an empty net. Like that's poor defense. And, and maybe one where you say, Hey, fat rebound. Uh, and then of course the overtime goal is just filthy. I mean, that's, that's McKinnon's shot. Yeah. So you kind of just shrug that one off. But I I do think that Bobrovsky could have easily given up seven or eight tonight with the way that he played. 
uh, early on, especially it felt like the abs were when they did get pressure, it was of the very high quality variety and they were, they were creating in the crease and he was just getting lucky that there was nobody there that, uh, that his defense was uh, doing a good job of clearing pucks out of there, doing everything they needed to do, honestly. And, oof. well, thankfully, I'm sitting here drinking in celebration instead of sadness, but it's time to recognize the official beer of dnvr and that is of course breckenridge brewery they are the original colorado beer founded here in colorado in 1990 and at this point they have a whole slew of beers that i personally absolutely love but if you want to keep it simple you can go with their original american amber ale it's just your basic amber beer nothing special about it and hey, it's named the same as the hockey team that just brought in a W for you. So everything lines up great there. Or if you want something a little bit more interesting, you can always go with a strawberry sky as well. If you're looking for that little fruity bit of flavor, something a little bit lighter, amazingly tasty. And it's anything you want when the abs are taking down W's in overtime. Honestly, I wouldn't care which Breck brew it is. I just take one and put it in my mouth. So keep an eye out at your local liquor store for any wow. Breckenridge beer. <laughs> yeah. That's all I have to say. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. AJ finding out just how often I drink Breck beer, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you can't find it at your local liquor store, I guarantee you it's somewhere nearby at this point. So you can keep an eye out for the Breckenridge event calendar as well. We have all of our events planned there, which we drink Breck brews at all of. So come out and have a good time with us as well. We'll be back in the second segment for more Avs Talk. Second segment of the DNVR Avalanche podcast with Rudo and AJ. We've talked about Bob. Now let's talk about Groob couple of those in the first period, he might have wanted back, but he locked it down when the Avs needed him to. Yeah, he was really impressive. Yep. Uh, I think that he, the first goal, certainly I was like, oh boy, we might be in for something here. Yeah. The I actually don't remember the other ones. The um, second now that I'm goal running was them the through breakaway. It was fine. Oh, I mean, the the Vetrano break or the shorty, the shorty. Yeah, that's fine. And then the third one was the Makar breakdown, but then he got beat short side, which is a little rough. Yeah, but he got beat high though. Yeah, and that's why the second Uberdo goal. That's why that one didn't bother me as much. The Connolly one, the fourth one, I didn't like that one. I mean, that was in the three-minute bizarro world where just only goals were allowed, though. So <laughs> Two minutes and 58 seconds of just goal, 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 goal. Yep. And you're like, oh, this is this is exhausting. I, It was exhausting, but I, I really think it's a bit of a microcosm of the abs this season because they are deep enough. They are offensively dangerous enough that any moment can just turn into a goal for this team. Yeah, I think that's really where Burakovsky is having the big difference. Yeah. Uh the fourth line the fourth line's goals are all the same. They're not in transition. They're not you know, they're not they're not sexy. They're not like super high skill. It's Get just the zone. they, they outwork. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They outwork the other team. 
somebody makes a nice play and somebody bangs a puck home. Yep. You know, you're not like, whoo, baby, about any of them. You know, you're not, you're not freaking out about any of them, but solid. Very uh, repeatable. Very, so, so reliable every night in what you're getting out of them. And probably should have had the game-winning goal, too, with Nieto. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, that was brutal. But. Yeah. Uh, but but then, what Burakovsky, I mean, watching the overtime goal on replay, when I, watching it live, I did not have a proper appreciation for the speed he entered the, the offensive zone and the just the sharp, like, the, the quick cut that he made that created the space for everything else that happened after that. The speed forced the defense to back off of them. The quick cut opened up the passing lane and then forced the second defenseman even further back. And when he kind of, he kind of starts to make that move around him, it opens up the defense and McKinnon just takes advantage of it. Puts the, uh, puts the puck in between them, puts it upstairs, right? Right where he lives, and there you go. Game over. Easy yeah. wins. And and a guy in Nathan McKinnon who had been awful. Yeah. All night. Top line was just ugly brutal. Yeah, I mean, just careless with the puck and no energy, no jump, no everything, and just awful. But it only takes one play. That's and, hockey. And that's when you're – when. You know, when it, it's not going well and it's going really well for another guy or two, that's why you don't break it all up. Is because you're like, this is exactly why. Like, because you open up, you have one opening and there it is. Yep. He puts it home. You know, that's, and, and in overtime, they, the shift chart had, uh, Ranton and Landeskog take a shift. I don't remember either one of them out there. I saw Ranton and I don't remember Landeskog at all. Yeah, it might. I mean, it might have been early. So uh, I do think, though, that it was uh, it was smart coaching and it was ballsy coaching to just throw McKinnon out there in overtime. And and not as line mates and to mix up the combinations, uh, you know, you had Kadri and uh, his line mates, Donskoy and Burkowski. I'm sorry, Donskoy and Burkowski, all humming. Yeah. And then randomly Comfer ends up out there and then, uh, which I was kind of like, okay, weird. But yeah, it's, it's okay. Something a little bit new to Bednar, and you know, this is Bednar came in after Patrick Waugh, who would always play the hot hand, right? So yeah. it's something that Bednar clearly is not as comfortable doing. But if it's something he's starting to lean into more, obviously it worked out with Burkowski. So and no Kale McCarr. Yeah, I mean, can't blame him for that one. You're right. Guy had a disaster of a night. Yeah. So. You look like a genius when it works, and you don't as much when it doesn't, but it worked this time. Yeah, and of course, you know, if they they give up, a, if Grubauer doesn't make that big save right before they take the puck down and score, then everybody's like, oh, well, why no Landeskog? Why no Makar? Why no, you know, Bender's an idiot. Because we always judge off results. 
And because of that, we're sitting here like, oh, great coaching decision. Nice job, coach. Way to way to read the room and understand that these guys are playing poorly and then throw McKinnon out there who had also been playing poorly, but he's also the best player. Yeah. And you can't just not play your best player in overtime. Right. And I mean, McKinnon now has a seven game point streak, three goals in his last three games, arguably not 100% for these last two, even though he said he doesn't have a Charlie horse after the game. And certainly, certainly didn't look a hundred percent tonight. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't know why he tried to play McKinnon, tried to play it cool after the game, the whole, I don't know why Betsy said I didn't have a Charlie horse. Yeah. <laughs> we understand you do. It's fine. Everybody, everybody's fine with it, dude. This is like two years ago when he had a, uh, he hurt his shoulder yeah. And uh, he was doing everything he could to hide it from the media. And I was on to him and he was playing in such a way that it was obvious his shoulder was b- at least bothering him. And after the game, you know, he told Dater, he was like, well, I don't know who would think that he no, my shoulder's totally fine. Obviously, I had four shots on goal or whatever. And it was like, uh huh. But you've got that, you know, you still have the towels draped over your shoulders and you won't <laughs> you won't get in dressed in front of the media when you're one of the guys who takes off out of the room absolutely as fast as possible every single time. And now all of a sudden you're sitting around waiting for everybody to go so that you you don't yeah, okay. I don't I don't know why play like why play coy about that. Everybody knows it's fine. Uh it's it's just it's an it's a Nate thing, I guess, where he's just he's just like no. I'm I'm totally fine. Well, as point totals, including Nathan McKinnon, led by McKinnon and Rantanen with ten. Third, Andre Burakovsky with eight. He's got eight now, yeah. I'm just gonna come out and say it. If Andre Burakovsky can be this consistent seventy five percent of the time, are the Avs Cup contenders? Yes. Boom. I, I agree with you on that one. It it's still early. It's only seven games, mm-hmm. but Burakovsky has been everything the Avs wanted him to be and more so far. And this this isn't like the nail Yakupov thing where like no. Yakupov had like it was it was what like four points in the first like seven games, and two of them were in Boston when Tuka Rask came out to the blue line, and the other one was like an empty <laughs> yeah. netter. Yeah, I remember that. The three <laughs> right. goals. And it was like, and it was like, oh, Yak City, baby. Like, oh, yeah. And, you know, we were all riding that that roller coaster because it was like a fun story and he was a lovable guy. Uh, and then, you know, reality hit. Like, this is a very different process. Like, Burkowski's making plays, like, legit picking up quality assists. And uh, if you go and you look at his goals, I mean, it's hard to say that any of those are cheap. He's either going to the net and banging home rebounds or he's smoking these poor NHL goaltenders who just, I mean, Bobrovsky doesn't even move really on yeah, that goal. Never, that first goal tonight. I never saw it, man. Like the, that was a missile. The, and, and you're talking like there are probably 20 guys in the NHL that can do that. Right. That, it's that can, that have the quality of a shot so that that's so good that you can put it upstairs like that. And does not, even and, and an NHL goaltender does not even move. Yeah, and, and this was from the 
top half of the circle too. This wasn't like right in on top of them or anything either. So there was that enough space there to have a reaction time, but the shot was just too good. Way too good. I mean, that's dude. I, I watched it and I was like, Oh, that's messed up, man. To do that to another (laughs) human being. And then I just kept watching it on replay. And I was like, this is so good. (laughs) I was just basking in how high quality it was. Cause when they traded for him, like that's the play you see in your head. Yeah. I mean, it was everything like, yes, obviously the shot was incredible, but he played well off of Don square to pick the puck up through the neutral zone, mm -hmm. skated across the blue line and made the perfect cut move to create just enough space for himself to get the shot off. And then he unleashed that thing. And it was like, okay, no one's ever stopping that. Well, and then that creates you, you fast forward to overtime. Those dudes are like, all right, well, he just did that earlier. Yep. And because of that, that creates when he starts to make that cut, they're like, Oh God, he's going to do it again. He's going to make that. He's going to shoot it. Right. And so that's why, that's why he sucks in both defenders and opens up that space for McKinnon is because he did do that earlier. And they were like, Oh boy. And then the next thing, you know, like McKinnon went the McKinnon game. guys still okay. It turns right. out, and then and then the defense is like, ah, we 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 overly aggressively defended Burakovsky, so we could leave Nathan McKinnon open, and like you're feeling dumb about it, but you're also knowing like, Meh. Well, yeah, one of those guys has an overtime winner before tonight, and it wasn't McKinnon, so it, it's tough call. The Avs have a lot of weapons. Yeah, straight up. We'll end the second segment there because that is how you make a lot of money. If you're Andre Burakovsky, you score a lot of goals. If you want to make some money, Denver has a new travel hack. Drift shares locally owned cars with incoming travelers at Denver Airport for a better experience than car rental. Skip the chaos to save on time and fees when you book, or you can share your car to earn and park for free while you travel. Plus, there's no under 25 fee rule, so it's perfect for friends coming to visit. Drift is great if you're going home for break and perfect for extended travel, like a semester abroad. Allstate Insurance covers your car every trip, and Drift cleans it inside and out. That's right, even if your car isn't rented, you will get your car cleaned by Drift. From there, you can get more info on all of the stuff behind Drift and how it works at drivedrift.com. That's drivedrift.com. Third and final segment of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution with Ruto and AJ. The Avs took it down 5-4 in a bit of an adventure of a game. We've covered McKinnon. Let's talk about Gabe Landeskog because it's been a rough two games for him. I mean, we do not see very many performances out of Landeskog like this. Like, there's, there's, there's always a couple every year because they're human. Whew. But you're used to Landy being the rock of that three-headed monster, but, the one I that mean, keeps it consistent. Dude, these are bad. Yeah, it's rough. And and tonight, I think I think when I I kind of just threw my hands up and I was like, you gotta you gotta sit him was when they came in on kind of a disjointed three on two. And yeah. He, and he tried to do the move at the blue line. Yeah. He, where he skates the puck right at the defenseman. And all he does is take a stick, reach it out, poke the puck away and it goes the other direction. Yep. And it was just like, dude, he's not, it's not even competitive. Right. He's just getting owned. 
pucks aren't getting deep, which I know we all laugh about, like, oh, yeah, 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 that's what these guys always say, right? But, like, it matters. And that first line consistently failed to get pucks deep at all, all game. And then when they did, on the rare occasion that they were able to do it, they couldn't get there, they weren't competitive, and the pucks were right back out again. And then they were a mess defensively. I, maybe I shouldn't be surprised if Landy is having a little bit of an off stress that they're stretched, that they're a little bit of a mess in the defensive zone, but the puck management was so gross. It's It was so bad. I mean, it's bad, flat bad. It was all three guys tonight, bad. Just, they were bad. McKinnon got the game winner, and he gets full marks for the shot and the play in overtime because I thought he was dangerous. And that that little, what he tried the first time down the ice at the very beginning of OT is so sneaky. Yeah. Where it doesn't look like much, but I have seen, I have seen guys try that and make it work time and time again because a goalie just isn't expecting it. Where you get to that, you get to the end line and you just try and throw it right along the goal line. And throw it in between the goalies, uh, in between his skates, and it ricochets, yeah. Because he's not, he's not going down. He's not, you know, and he's standing straight up, and you're just trying to get it in between the skates. It's so sneaky, and so I don't mind that at all. Like, I'm, I'm, I way more mind a guy trying to go in and pick the impossible corner and having it rim out of the zone and create an odd man rush the other way. That I did not mind because he was immediately able to get back and he broke, he helped break up the play at the other end. I thought McKinnon was good in overtime, and we all know that he was fighting through the Charlie horse, whether or not he wants to lie about it on TV or not. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it explains it by the fact that I didn't have him in my three standouts despite scoring the game winning goal, is that's where it stood. Definitely. And but but the other two guys were awful. And that's just the end of the sentence. <laughs> yeah, they were so far away from the three standouts. They might be the three stand-ins. I, that's think of a better name for that. But baddies, the baddies. Yeah, sure, that'll we'll work. Baddies, because that's. I mean, tonight they were baddies. Yeah, hard to argue with that. I, did every other line get at least one goal? I guess the the Comfort line. Yeah, Comfort Jost Wilson did not. But if you go and you look uh, at their all of their fancy stats, they were awesome tonight yeah um colin wilson 12 12 4 3 against uh confer 12 4 4 against jost 6 4 3 against like <laughs> they they did not have any issues tonight like they did not score and they weren't like crazy dangerous but that line i mean that line was rock solid florida kind of pulled the same thing the abs did against washington in this game they backed off extremely hard in the second period with a two goal lead compared to the abs doing it with four to be fair. Yeah. A little, little different when it's four, nothing and versus a three, one lead and you try and do it for that long. I mean, shots were 10 two abs in the second period at one point. So yeah, they, I don't think that's a team that's very comfortable playing with a lead. Heard that before. I mean, it's one of those things you have to learn. You know, we've we talked about this. We've spent the last two years talking about how 
all of these things are lessons for young teams and how you learn. You learn how to play with a lead. You learn how to close games out. You learn how to come from behind because you get put in these situations. And we saw, you know, two years ago, they did uh, they did a lot of having to come from behind. And last year, they did a lot of giving up late third period leads because they were trying to learn how to close and finish. And now this year, so far through seven games, has kind of been a culmination of all those lessons. It's why we're seeing very good third period play. Although Grubauer, I mean, Grubauer has been on a completely different planet in the third, where that's not a lesson. That's just a guy completely locked in where you just hope it lasts forever. But the, you know, that's, that's, that's what you've been spending the last two years doing as a young team. You've been learning all these different situations how to succeed in them, what's not working, you know, how to communicate, how to talk, how to grow as a group. And with the improvements that they made, you know, in talent over the summer, this is just another example of, hey, they never got so far out of it that it was too, too tall of a climb. It was only ever two goals. And two goals is very, very doable in the NHL, especially when you're talking about the end of the first period. And that's why the Donskoy goal was so huge is because it, it kept them in it emotionally because had they had it gotten to three, nothing much harder for them to, to come back from that just mentally. I will say even, even a two goal comeback, the emotional investment from this team in this game is something that I wanted to see this year because not as much last year, but two years ago, especially the Avs team, real easy to get them to check out and they did not do that yeah they i mean emotionally they've not taken themselves out of any games you know they could have in pittsburgh uh they they did not do that they came back in the third period locked it down and then played a very entertaining game they could have tonight they were getting run over just run over in the first period they were down 3-1 second period they were just they just got to work man it wasn't sexy florida took the the foot off the gas and the abs just kept working and working Got that second goal. Third goal happened immediately after on that missile from Burakovsky. And then, you know, now you're in a completely different game. In the blink of an eye, you've gone from we're down by two. Let's just get one. Let's just get one to, hey, we're in a tie game now. This is totally different. It might as well be 0-0. And now we have we have all the good feels. We're feeling great about ourselves. And then, you know, they give up that goal. It's 4-3. All right. Don't get down. Very next shift. Come right back out and get right back to it. Get it back. It's a 4-4 game, and then it stayed that way. And it mostly stayed that way because goalies. Because goalies is a really good way to put it. I mean, Grubauer's third period was incredible. Nothing short of it to, to keep that game tied. Yeah, the save that he made on uh, Sasha Barkov on the on the power play. I mean, that's a that's a season highlight. That's a career highlight. Straight up, not going to make that one very often. He did manage it and got the amps to overtime. And turns out, even when Nathan McKinnon has a bad game, you still win overtimes with him. Yeah, you give him space and you let him take a wrist shot, man. That's the thing we haven't seen a lot of this year. He, we, we've seen him kept too far wide, and he's been focused, he's been doing more of the playmaking and just reading the situation and not forcing it, or. He's been on the other side of the ice where he doesn't score as often. Uh, he does not. He does not beat goaltenders as often. High on the short side, it's hard to do. So uh, you know, we saw him on the left side 
on the inside of that 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 the uh, the face off dot, you know, to the inside of it. He's got that shot down. He he practices it constantly. He's honed he's perfected that shot, and that's the one we haven't seen him get to take very much of this year because uh, teams teams know that. And for all the reasons we talked about earlier, he got it, capitalized on it. 13 to 14 possible points, division lead. No matter what happens tomorrow night, you're feeling good about this road trip. Yeah, not much more to say about this game. Real quick, a little preview of tomorrow night. This was an incredibly high-octane game. Do the Avs have anything left in the tank for Tampa? Uh, I mean, rested team versus tired team as it is. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be rough. I, I have no expectations, but... I do think that this is a team that also is very hungry to prove they belong in these kinds of conversations. They're going to get up for Tampa. I I think they also are going to remember, Hey, they got absolutely smoked last year in Tampa Bay by these guys. I think that, you know, they're, they don't want to, you don't, you don't like being embarrassed by a team multiple times. You know, you get embarrassed by somebody and you kind of, wow, that sucked, but you remember it. And so I think the combination of they want to prove themselves as a, a a worthy adversary for other Stanley Cup contenders, and they want you know you got a little bit of pride. I would expect them to come out hot in the first period. Uh, by the third period, you always know that the legs are going to go at some point. So you're you're just hoping for the best. But I, I think if they get out to a lead in the first, they've got a chance. If they have to try and come back from any kind of deficit. Uh, though I, I think emotionally we'll probably just see him pack it in and, and look towards St. Louis. Totally fair, but that's tomorrow's problem. For now, the Avs are as close to perfect as anyone could have ever hoped. And man, if you were winning in games coming back by down two goals, this team just looks great. All right, we'll get out of your hair call it an end here as we spend the rest of our Friday night celebrating an Avs win. As always, thank you for listening and we'll get out of you as the Avs try to move up into the cup contender bracket. Maybe you're thinking about moving into a different tax bracket and there's an alternative solution for addressing your tax needs here in Denver. Symbio Tax Administration provides its clients with honest and knowledgeable tax services from a licensed professional. You guys know we're all about taking care of our own and George over at Symbio Tax is a proud DNVR subscriber and a diehard Avs fan. I actually got to meet him at the Avs watch party the other day. Super cool guy was really nice to say hello. Whether you're a whether you have a small business, you're looking to rent out a room in your house, or if you just need to get your tax return filed, go to a qualified tax professional to understand your tax requirements. Don't end up at one of those retail tax chains. Call SymbioTax today for a free consultation at 720-366-4470 or visit them at SymbioTax.com. That's S-Y-M-B-I-O tax.com. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician, where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have 
referred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com.